Welcome listeners, this is the next episode um, of the podcast and I'm here with three amazing speakers. Actually also um, um, the, the people that were responsible for the initiation of this wonderful program. Um, so I really want to welcome you all. Mm -hmm. um, Saran, can yes. I maybe ask you to introduce yourself and then sure. Mary uh, and Maria as well. But can I start with you? Sure. So my name is Saran Stewart. I'm an associate professor of higher education and student affairs at the University of Connecticut, as well as the director for global education. And uh, who is not here but does need to still be mentioned is Professor Frank Tewitt, who is the vice president and chief diversity officer of University of Connecticut as well. So I'll speak on behalf of both of us throughout the podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm Mary Tupan. I'm the executive director of ECHO, and ECHO is the Center for Diversity Policy in The Hague in the Netherlands. Nice. And last but certainly not least, Maria. Hello, Maria Rude is my name. I am head of research and development at the University of Nottingham and also chair of the Black and Asian Minority Ethnic Network at the university. Um, yeah, it's lovely to be here. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely to have you. And what I, what I wanted to start off with is basically we have three people, three institutions, mm -hmm. three organizations, and actually three countries. Mm -hmm. um, and we are here because we are here for a program. And I just want to ask you, what is the program that we are you know, here for? Why are we together here? Who would like to shed light on this for our listeners? trying to remember the long title that we came up with <laughs> so it's the intersectional and comparative advancement for racial equity for justice summer summit and in acronym terms it is i care for justice because that title is just way too long so all right yeah. so i care for justice sounds great yes yeah incomprehensible <laughs> uh, also oh geez yeah <laughs> so what was the idea behind this summit and what does it do Yeah, no, that's a great question. So um, I think just to, to give some context to it, you know, both Professor Tuit and myself have been working um, with ECHO um, through Mary for over a decade. And we have had similar programs like this um, stemming from 2017 when we actually first did it with University of the West Indies students in Jamaica, going to University of Denver, and then actually bringing it in 2019 um, during the summertime um, to the Netherlands with ECHO. And that was going to be a mix of University of Denver students as well as University of the West Indies students. And at that time, it was just students. And I remember distinctly at the end of that session, we were just blown away because we had no, we had an idea that it would have been transformative, but we didn't know the impact it would have on the students. So we spoke about at dinner, um, you know, wrapping up that this was going to be pivotal and what would it feel like to have faculty in the space. So when um, Frank became one of ECHO's first fellows, Uh, for um, during, I think it was his sabbatical at the time, he essentially developed very similar tenets around this work of um, justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion, but for the faculty. 
and invited them here. And from all accounts with the colleagues that we work with, it was transformative. It was excellent. And again, however, we missed the student perspective and administrators. So coming back afterwards, we before COVID, actually before the pandemic, we thought about doing it in 2021. But as we all now know, COVID was had other thoughts. And so when Frank and I landed positions at University of Connecticut, immediately we knew as soon as the restrictions were lifted, this is something that we really wanted to do. We knew the impact it had on the individual level, and we figured that with the systemic level. So as life would have it, um, Frank and myself were uh, are on the decolonizing the university task force which is a network between the university of connecticut and university of nottingham and in the third part of the series they actually invited both maria and mary mm-hmm. and immediately Maria's kindred spirit sailed through the Zoom. (laughs) I already knew Mary was amazing, but in having multiple talks with Maria and just getting to know her, and then we reached out to each other. I remember very distinctly during the session, Maria wrote to me on the chat. She was like, something like, you're amazing. We are going to connect after this. (laughs) And so said, so done. I think the rest is history. It became where... When you meet like-minded folks that are critical about this type of work, you really gravitate to them and try to figure out how to build bonds and support one another. And I think that's exactly how the birth child of this really happened. Yeah. (laughs) Already when you did the introduction of this, um, that basically event that kind of led up to Mm -hmm. this um, uh, specific summit, I was already wondering when is uh, um, basically... The context of, uh, of of the UK coming into the conversation, uh, so Maria, very glad also to hear um, to hear basically the connections uh, that started there. Um, all right, and so I'm also kind of curious uh, to hear what was the idea, uh, Maria, for you also. What basically what do you want to get out of this uh, summit? When you started with um, um, this program, what was the idea behind it? And when when did you decide, okay, yes, I'm going to work on this uh, summit. We are going to do this together. That, that's, a very, that's a very good and profound question because <laughs> uh, it goes the very core of, of my certainty and uncertainty in engaging with the, with the process. Because as... Um, as Aaron so well said, it was like a, an immediate connection. Mm. But I come very much from a, a implementation and practitioner perspective. So I am a molecular pharmacologist for my sins. Mm. And, you know, I, I had a life, as I mentioned before, that a career up to four years ago that, you know, how I, I tried to run away from people. But actually, it may it brought me closer and closer to people, and made me realize that the higher education space is a is a a space in desperate need for change, mm. transformative change, because it's very it, it's the basis of the system is inequality. It was built on inequality. 
So when we see many of the problems that we see today, they are reflection of colonialism, of imperialism, of forces that oppress the individual. But without the tools to go about it, the intellectual and um, academic tools, so how can we make things truly transformative? So we had, we've got and we had things going on in Nottingham, but this uh, finding this group really put it, okay, so that's, that's, the, that's the framework. That's how we can give the, the historical, the philosophical, the academic perspective to implement the change and to, to test if the, if the strategies that we are implementing, they are truly, um, they are truly radical. They are, uh, they are truly engaged. They are truly Jedi. <laughs> Meaning they, they truly advocate for justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I think that's what may end, you know, their belief that we could be here together in 2022 because it was a, you know, if it were not for, for Saran, for Mary, you know, saying, Maria, we, we, we've got you. <laughs> Trust us. Yeah. So it was a very, it was a wonderful leap of faith for me to, to really engage and see the wonderfulness of, of this partnership. Yeah. So interestingly, it's two higher education institutions, but then ECHO is a little bit, in Dutch we would say, frame the eight in the bite. Um, and I don't really know how to translate it, but ECHO is a little bit different then, right? Um, compared to you as higher education institutions. So Mary, can you shed a little bit of light on why, um, why ECHO is also part of the, this network and the summit? Well, I think the first um, reason is if uh, Frank and Seren uh, give a call and ask me to join <laughs> the idea of uh, another transnational meeting, you know, the immediate answer is yes. And I'll explain why uh, it's yes. I mean, it is, we have a long-standing uh, collaboration, I, you know, allyship. And I think to me, that's the most important part of, um, no, that's, that's one of the building blocks for us to do this work because um, building a more just society and more just higher education, more equitable is not something that we can achieve in a heartbeat. And it's not something that we can do by ourselves. We need each other. And, and I think that um, for, 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 for me, but definitely also ECHO, I mean, we benefited a lot from learning from each other, learning from colleagues from outside of the Netherlands. And, uh, you know, that has been part of the history uh, for ECHO f since 1996, when we started our first international uh, collaboration. And, you know, and, and especially, um, so, so, so that's definitely one part. I didn't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. And the next part is, you know, how can ECHO be involved and who is ECHO bringing uh, to the table? And, you know, when, when, um, when Seren was telling, you know, we're going to do this with two institutional partners, uh, then I immediately 
immediately said, well, uh, maybe we should do it differently for the Netherlands. Also because I truly believe that um, more of our colleagues could benefit from what we have been benefiting uh, from these collaborations for, for, for many years. And, and, and also because I, I'm very much aware of the fact that in the UK and in the United States, the conversations are differently. Mm. There is more vocabulary, there's more language, and we are in often, that's how it feels, catching up to the language and, uh, and also developing our own langu language. Mm -hmm. But the learning process is, is always so rich. And when it is combined with, um, uh, you know, honest relationships in terms of collegi collegial uh, relationships, I think that that's, you know, you can't ask for more on that. And, um, and the other part is, so I was very happy to be able to to continue the collaboration with, with Frank and Sharon, but also, you know, started a new partnership with Maria. And, and, and for, for the Dutch context, that's also a strategically uh, important because, you know, um, we often get to hear, you know, why only looking to the US and yeah. not closer to home? Yeah. And, but, you know, looking closer uh, at home is, uh, is also difficult because um, in many ways, uh, the UK is very much leading and, but, you know, many countries also look uh, to the Netherlands, mm. um, and and I think so, so. So that that is that is an important uh, part for us um, as well. And uh, what I what I liked from the start of this is that it was a combination of professionals, mm -hmm. students, but also PhD candidates. Mm -hmm. So because you have all these different stages in the process and voices in the process that are important but also research policy and practice mm. and um and i think you know our our experience is is much more on the practical side on the policy side and i think you know being complementary to others is i think an important uh condition to move forward it's also interesting if i hear you now uh, mary and seren and maria is that uh, you already use a different language in talking about the work that you do. So, um, Seren, you, you talked about the term decolonization and Maria, you talked about the word equity and justice. And in the Dutch context, we oftentimes uh, use the framework of diversity and inclusion. So it's interesting to see, you know, that we are already learning from, you know, those different mm -hmm. contexts and the words, the narratives that we can use um, and also the discourse that we uphold in this line of work. And it's also interesting to hear, you know, how does that inter, um, international, inter, um, tr transnational uh, conversation about this type of work also, also go. Um, so, so what I wanted to ask maybe as a, as a follow-up question is, how do you have that conversation with three different contexts, right? Because how do you make a program mm. that is relevant for three different contexts and perhaps even for our listeners from, you know, not the UK, not the US or the Netherlands, why would it be relevant for them also to maybe think about the things that, you know, you're thinking about um, in this context? Who would like to help me with that? I can start. 
Really? I think that, and it became very clear as we are starting to, to wrap up some of the thoughts and the language. I think that having very distinct contexts help us to keep what is essential and what is, you know, the essence of things. Allow us to be radical from the root. That's the, that's the, the, the origin of the word is from, from the root up. So give us the opportunity to go into the things that are universal in the space of high education, of justice, of equality and diversity and inclusion, or that in higher education. So even the terms, we are using them in a very in, uh, interchangeable way, but with a lot of intentionality. So we end up moving a bit from using in the, in the UK context, using equality, diversity, and inclusion, or equity, diversity, and inclusion, because this agenda has been hijacked and gentrified throughout time. So how can we, how can we talk in a way that shows that we are intentional about change, that we are not doing that in a bureaucratic and uh, thoughtless way? Mm. But what we realize here is that with all the different languages, the, the, the ethos and the motivation is exactly the same. And that's why I think that since yesterday we've been using Jedi, that's a <laughs> relatively new one for me as well, you know, justice driving our desire for equity, diversity and inclusion. Um, because that's what we are here about. Our, our aim is to bring justice rather than than to look good uh, or to comply with with uh, um, prerequisites of mm -hmm. grant applications mm, yeah yeah mary or saran are there some additions also to yeah. the reflection no absolutely i think maria really hit the nail on the head i think we've come to that way and i think to your or earlier point about developing kind of the agenda right to have the thinking that there is a purposeful pedagogy around the learning and bringing as mary was saying um these very different perspectives were critical and noting that we didn't want just like-minded folks in the space with just singular disciplines we wanted a really interdisciplinary focus so you have a number of folks from the STEM fields, and you have a number of practitioners, policymakers, and analysts, as well as researchers, junior researchers, and more senior researchers. And then you had senior administrators, which I think is key, right? Because we spoke a lot about leadership as well. So when we started to look at um, building the agenda, you know, we wrote core to what is currently happening across these three contexts as we know them and whether through social media or research and then really building out what are some of those core areas that are that are being looked at and so one of the things that we have been coming together on as you do comparativist or comp, you know you compare multiple contexts is really looking at well to whom and for what are we serving right and um, who who is in this group that we're really servicing and so what we've you know in a, including 
really looking at Jedi research now, which is a justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion, is also knowing for whom, for who is this for? And we've really been honing in on this intersectional lens, given the context that we've been looking at, and then racial and ethnic minority communities in higher education. And not just students, but across the pipeline, right? So students, staff, ancillary, faculty, professional staff, really trying to hone in on the needs of what those groups are and how their experiences are affected um, across the spectrum in higher education. So, you know, very intentional, very purposeful, but allowing for us to really, as a, as a new community, really formulate new knowledge, new terms, new taxonomies, you know, so the, the, the outcomes are going to be interesting, <laughs> right? And, <laughs> and, you know, we had some lofty deliverables. Uh, I, I would say in the first day, I was like, who have no idea if we're going to get to this, <laughs> but <laughs> we are going to try. And, um, yeah, you know, it, I think we've been doing, being very intentional. I think that has been very key throughout. Yeah. 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 And then intentional to, the Jedi perspective, mm -hmm. if I understand you correctly, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, Josephine, your, your, your um, question about language. For me, it is um, work in progress. It's always work in progress because um, it is not just in, in the space that we are with um, everybody who has been participating and also has been participating from different Dutch uh, institutions. But it's also, um, from a strategic point, uh, language can also differ in different uh, spaces that, that you are or when you are negotiating with different um, stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, for me, a lot of what we do are conditions to move to a bigger goal. And that's why the justice part is an important part and the equity part is also important. And and diversity and inclusion are, you know, there are so many interpretations of that. And um, and I think um, the, the, the discussion, uh, so the semantics are not important to me. It is important why we are using this to, uh, and, and, and how can we use it to, you know, to, to focus on, on, on the bigger, uh, the bigger picture. And, you know, we are all part of other networks and in, you know, local, national, European and global uh, networks. Um, and I think that's also another dimension that you have more countries involved, more institutional languages, more faculty languages. So, you know, and I think that that's, one of the, I think probably the basic conditions to do this work that you're able to, um, to not use it as, you know, the holy grail, but use it to be flexible because what you want to do is to listen to, to each other and to understand what is happening. And if you just stick to your own words, you will never be able to understand somebody else because we all have different ways to express ourselves. So I think it is it is very important uh, uh, in in to, to us to do this work. Yeah, to some extent, if I hear you you speak, I also have the feeling that you know your approach to this work is also trying to find a way to meet people where they are, right? And to see you know 
what can we do meeting you where you are and see where can I guide you in, in a process of working on justice, working on equity. Um, and I also think, you know, you, uh, Saran and, and Maria, you also mentioned um, the, the, the root of this, right? The reason why we are doing this work is, as you mentioned, um, also related to a part of our history that is um, colonized and is um, that we still kind of see in our societies today. And what I'm also curious to hear from you is how does a program like this and a summit like this helps to, on the one hand, maybe shed light on, on basically why this work is important and what this work means, um, you know, create that, that common language, but also how does that relate to um, basically dismantling that, that system. Um, and Seren, you actually, you know, talked about uh, decolonization. Mm -hmm. So I'm also curious to hear about that. So how, why is this summit also uh, important in, in, in that perspective? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So when we started writing the proposal, we were really in the pandemic, right? I mean, the heart of the pandemic. And something that in the U.S. context that was very prevalent was that, especially after the murder of George Floyd, was this notion that we're living in some form of a twin pandemic, the racism and the, um, and, and the regular pandemic. And there are those of us in this work that have been doing this work for years, like Professor Laurie Patton-Davis that wrote a brilliant article that went viral, that there is no such thing as a twin pandemic because the disposability of black and brown bodies in the United States has always been in existence for hundreds of years, but yet there's no vaccine. And uh, here comes a pandemic that ravishes the economy, ravishes so many losses of people, and quickly the globe gets together to create these vaccines, almost to eradicate this problem. But yet there's no impetus to do that for when we look at race and um, all the various levels of oppression. So in writing a proposal, we foregrounded all the protests that have been happening um, prior to George Floyd, but post George Floyd that went global and the demands that we analyze. And there was something concrete. It was the acknowledgement to value and see that this is a systemic issue affecting everyone. And until we address it, um, especially in the different contexts that we currently work in, then we will never get to that level of true justice, right? Of really holding each other accountable. So those were some of the real premise. And then we recognize that in our silos, we were not going to get too far. And that's for various reasons. Um, this work of the colonial institution that Maria was talking about is extremely real. In fact, Professor Lewis Gordon, who was one of the attendees, actually used the term, the apartheid structure of higher education of all our systems and how it is designed to not just separate and isolate us, but to eradicate us in the process in various ways. And so the unity between all of us is to develop these uh, stronger network and coalition of persons at different levels of the institution and the system, I would argue, that could effect change strategically and could understand comparatively what the same problems and issues are, who are we supposed to have the most impact with, 
and what are some of the things that we could achieve and important to note is that when we were designing it it wasn't supposed to be a short-term one-year hit it was that we were looking at a sustainability of it and having it over the next three years, but rotating it around the countries. And so the premise is that um, next year, we'll host our colleagues at the University of Connecticut, and then the last year, 2024, we'll be in the University of Nottingham. And that's purposeful and intentional to present this coalition on each of these different countries, right? In each of these different countries, to show the coalition, show the work that we're doing, but from a very strategic standpoint. And so it is with the gaze of the pandemic, but it's also intentional to stop doing it in this apartheid structure, so in these isolationist ways. But to, and that's again, being anti-colonial, right? Doing that work from a very decolonial perspective and seeing the nuances of that. So, you know, it's, it's taking a lot of minds <laughs> to get here and which is important because I think the ways in which we can learn from the health pandemic with dealing with this issue is that it cannot be in isolation. It has, there has to be some unity with this work. But apart from that, I mean, it cannot be in isolation, but I think what you said earlier is uh, intentionality Mm -hmm. is is so important because listening to the conversations that we have, um, uh, a concept like decolonization also has different meanings in different Mm -hmm. contexts and there's is linked to different languages as well. And um, too often, and this is especially in the, in the Dutch context, uh, although Echo uh, Echo is is focusing very much on um, well uh, cultural diversity, ethnic diversity, racial diversity, uh, that in itself is um, already um, you know many many uh, many concepts. Uh, but we are always um, invited or maybe challenged to broaden the perspective to also other dimensions of diversity, mm-hmm. and that's. For us, um, you know, that's part of the conversation that we have here, but it is also um, often difficult for us not to be intentional and not to be focused on racial equity and 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 uh, justice uh, on 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 that part. So you know, being part of this uh, consortium, being part of a um, of not just a, a one day or a one week summit, but being part of a development that we are going to work on for a few years, and um, being intentional about you know communicating with the outside world. Uh, on a regular basis is I think what is necessary to um, at least make uh, a next uh, step. Yeah, yeah. So also it shows really the need for these connections and these uh, ways of looking at it from different perspectives Mm -hmm. in basically communities um, of practitioners that have different roles, right, within higher education. And also, if I understand you correctly, there's a specific role designed within our society for higher education. Um, And Maria, can I maybe ask you um, also to kind of relate it back to your introduction is why is it so important that we focus so much on justice within higher education? Why is that 
something that we need to be very mindful and intentional about, right? Is it different from any other sector within our society? Or like, how can I see that? And and what do you want to shed light uh, on in this respect? Um, Education is the way humanity amplifies knowledge and amplifying knowledge you transform knowledge and you make it work in a way that serves the humanity. And universe has a very important role as the place where the community is invited to think about its problems. So something that we discussed yesterday, and it was it was a very good point made by our colleague Louise Gordon, is that we should we should stop we should stop apologizing for being a university. So at many moments uh, we apologize for the role of university. When we say that the university is colonial, it does not mean that we want the end of the university. We want the transformation it needs. It's the space we've got. My in a thousand years there'll be something else that say, oh, remember those times when the, that we had universities to think about problems, to generate blue sky research. Oh, thank God we don't have it anymore. <laughs> but that's that's what we've got and we should be proud of it. And what we also know is that the way, the, way, uh, the world has been designed is not a way that serves more than 90% of humanity is a world that has been designed, has been thought through by a very, very small portion of the humanity. So I did the maths. If we think that the world has been designed by and for Western, Caucasian, cis, male individuals, it means that it has been designed by and for less than 10% of humanity. Mm. That's what this group represents. Mm. So when we talk about bringing diversity to academia, there is the justice that is something that we are all committed to, but there is the survival of our species and the world as we know it. We need the different voices. We need the different minds. We need the different experiences to make the work the world, apologies, the world work for mm. us. So it's not a benevolent thing. I, I used to say that I genuinely don't believe that collectively we do anything because it's, because it's the right thing to do. I think that as humanity, as group of humans, we do things that make sense, even in an evolutionary way. And the worlds that we live in now, that we are exploiting our, the resources, we are killing every kind of species, including the humankind, that we, we are making the earth unlivable, as you know, shown by the climate crisis. It shows that we, we need to find another way of thinking. And this way is starting thinking another way of conducting 
education and research in the university space because the solutions they will not come from you know from twitter from from uh, tiktok mm. which is you know a great great way of communicating but it's not it will come from the universities because that's where we've got the the resources even the time ring fence to think of this about these things So I think that's why it's so important to start in the university. The university has this, it's it's almost like a node that connects, you know, the high-end research in the social sciences, in, in STEM, science, technology, engineering, medicine, um, and maths, but also connects uh, what comes before. Mm primary education, secondary education, early years. So the, uni the university is right there connecting all these different sectors of society. So transforming here, we amplify, it's a ripple effect that hopefully will make uh, the work more prosperous and happy. And also, if I understand you then uh, correctly, the focus is on higher education because it it is so connected then to all of other sectors. So that means that transforming that, you ch transform society in Precisely. a way. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and, and maybe on, on, on that note also, um, uh, so we are here with three organizations, but on the first day of the summit, we were yeah, at the VU University And uh, and uh, on the second day, we were at the Hague University of Applied Sciences. But there are also, you know, colleagues from uh, from Utrecht, from Leiden, from Wageningen, and I think that that's also part of that, you know, part of the journey that you are aware of the fact that you can't do it alone, um, that you can definitely set the pace mm -hmm. or you know set the tone, yeah. but um, it is. That transformative part is the part where you need to collaborate mm -hmm. and where you also need to support each other. Indeed. And, and you know, to me, this also feels like support mm -hmm. to continue mm -hmm. the work that we do. Yeah. And, uh, but also uh, being able to, uh, to continue the conversations with the institutions who have been participating from the Dutch mm -hmm. context in, um, you know, outside of the, the the summit mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. all right thank you so much I, i realize that you know time is is uh is going by very fast if you uh, uh if you are in a conversation with you three <laughs> so i i think i want to ask a closing question if that's all right and that is the question you know saran you hinted upon you know in two years time you know we have been uh, mm -hmm. to uh, the united states and to uh, the uk as well what what can we uh, expect from you and what can our listeners uh, be basically anticipating um, upon so what is the next step where are you going yeah so we have um a number of amazing deliverables <laughs> <laughs> that I think we wrote, uh, you know, with these great ideas. And I, I absolutely, I think we have done a masterful job and I use a collective we because there's no way this can be done in isolation. So one of the deliverables is this very podcast, right? It's also understanding 
the audience who we want to hear this right and making that communication very much accessible to a multiple wide range of audience members Um, there will be aspects of infographics social media a policy brief for policy analysts and policy makers right and then already in the works for the researchers higher education metrics and measures of success there are already um, papers that are on undergoing and then research panels at internationally peer-reviewed conferences that are scheduled. So the idea behind this, and then, you know, Maria can speak a little bit more about the grant that we're also looking at working on uh, at the University of Connecticut. We wrote another grant um, in order to help the sustainability of this summit and the, the light minds. Something I wanted to point out, which I think has now become very obvious and that we're fully mindful of, is that, uh, you know, we are fully aware that these three organizations are in what we would term the global northern countries. And even within that, you know, born and raised in Jamaica and most of my research is throughout the Caribbean, recognize, and then Maria being Brazilian and then, um, you know, Mary being of Indonesian descent as well, but living in the Dutch context, we work very much in tandem with the global south. And I think important to note is that we were addressing these contexts first, purposefully. It does have a hint of colonization within it, and I do want to kind of project that. One of the reasons for that is the understanding behind those mechanisms and the system of higher red and how it was originally intended and designed and used as a form of a tool of colonization, to be honest with you, that these very constructions of higher ed were sent to the global south in its identical replicas to then be taught. So it's not, it doesn't sit on us that we are having these conversations in these spaces. It is one of the reasons why we're looking at the Jedi issue and Jedi research because arguably it is extremely palpable in these contexts um, because of where we are also all situated. So I did want to note that because it's going to come very obvious that it is a conversation amongst the global northern countries. Um, So if we were to do this in the global southern countries or context, this would need to look different. And we're fully understanding of that as well. And our partners would need to look different and how we how we do that work so as to not replicate some of the very things that we're trying to dismantle. So I will say that the deliverables are something that we're looking at um, as well. Also keeping a conversation alive and well until we see each other again in a year, working on some of those concrete research agenda items that we have outlined and further developing that and keeping those internal conversations within our country's context and then also across country's context as well is important. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And Mary... With regards to the role of ECHO in this process, what do you feel that we are going to look back on in three years' time? Yeah, I, for, for me, and, you know, for me, it is constantly that part, that part of um, understanding why. Because, you know, I mean, we often talk very superficially, or, I mean, conversations about... Uh, diversity and inclusion can be very superficial or can be even seen as, you know, trendy. Mm-hmm. And, but um, for, from the perspective of ECHO, it is always important to understand why the mechanisms work as they work. 
And, um, and what are we not focusing on or what are we missing? And, uh, and, you know, to give you an example, we had a very powerful conversation among students uh, during these days where different uh, mechanisms of exclusion based on, uh, you know, racial uh, exclusion from students who are seen as, uh, you know, black, racialized, minoritized, but also um, from the perspective of religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially is, is Islamic r- religion. And these are the kind of conversations that we know are happening, but we not fully understand why. And I think that that's so important because um, especially in a context like the Netherlands, where uh, we also now are much more comfortable on different levels in society Mm -hmm. to talk about racism and discrimination. And that's the interesting thing. It is always said racism and discrimination, while these two are two completely different concepts that I won't go into now. But, um, you know, and and so for, for, for ECHO, it is also um, to learn, to to definitely learn from from colleagues, but also to um, bring perspectives to the table that uh, are, you know, like you said, you know, the, the global south. I mean, we're here from the global north, and but you know, to introduce different perspectives, but not just for the sake of the perspective, and not just for the sake of the network. You know, to me, the network is 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 nice, but um, the long-term goal is that we move forward to um, you know to really be able to um, you, you you know in 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 this lifetime we won't be able to to dismantle uh, injustices, but we can definitely make a change for cohorts for uh, faculties, for institutions, and for some individuals. Mm-hmm. Nice. Thank you so much, Mary. Um, and then, last but not least, again, Maria, what do you th- really want to kind of get out of this in, in three years' time? What do you want to look back on for the University of Nottingham? It is just uh, an immense joy, personally, to be in an honor and to be part of this consortium, to work so closely with Saran, with Mary, and with our colleagues at these three different contexts. Um, some things come to my mind, and the very first day, um, we discussed the concept of intergenerational work. Mm. So what makes us so excited about this work, and what does not allow us to to lose momentum and enthusiasm is that the work we are doing is actually the continuation of the work. So we we stand on the shoulders of giants that brought us to this moment. We are honoring them and we are supporting the future generations to, to have a more prosperous existence within and outside academia. So I think that that's, that's what keeps us together. Um, another thing that we've been talking a lot is about the translation of knowledge. And 
No. So apologies for being the pharmacologist in the room. <laughs> there is a term that we use that is signal transduction mm -hmm. that goes beyond translation. Sometimes it's not exactly the same thing in the literal way. We need to transduce that signal, that concept, that idea to the different contexts. Mm -hmm. And I think that amplifying what we are doing to the Global South is going to be really important in, in achieving this, this, uh, this aim because another, um, another thing that happens with signal transduction is that you, from one signal, you amplify it zillions of times. And that's what we want to do with this work. What I want for the University of Nottingham and the University of Connecticut and to ECHO, ECHO's partners is that we feel supported and enthused to continue this work that we can mensurate change and that, this ch and, and that we are never comp complacent with the change that we observe. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a job that is unfinished by nature. It's not, we, we want to be redundant doing this work, but the job of keeping, of keeping the spaces uh, safe, fair, and prosperous and, and, and ambitious is, is the work of many lifetimes. So I, I, I want that we continue working together and that we've got more partners learning with them and sharing our, our experiences with them. Beautiful. Thank you all so much for, you know, sharing your insights, your wisdom with, with me. Um, I learned a lot mm -hmm. and I'm very inspired and looking forward to hearing, you know, everything that you've done. Uh, over three years. Um, awesome. So this is going to be uh, a wonderful consortium, I think. I wish you all the, the luck um, and um, hope to see you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks a lot.